you have your Bibles with you, I want you to turn to Matthew 22. And then you want to stick a finger uh, also in Luke chapter 14. So Matthew 22 and also Luke 14. There's an invitation to a feast. You're invited. You're invited. So Matthew 22, you'll see it on the screen. I'm going to read for the New Living Translation. If you have another translation, that's fine as well. Uh, Jesus also told them other parables. He said, the kingdom of heaven, this here is Matthew 22, 1 to 6, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a king who prepared a great wedding feast for his son. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to notify those who were invited. But they all refused to come. And so he sent other servants to tell them, the feast has been prepared. The bulls and fatted cattle have been killed, and everybody is ready. Come to the banquet. But the guests he invited ignored them and went their own way, one to his farm, another to his business. Others seized the messengers, insulted them, and killed them. Then jumping over to Luke 14, starting at verse 15. It says, hearing this, a man sitting at the table with Jesus exclaimed, what a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied with this story. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready. But they all began making excuses. One said, I've just bought a field and must inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five pairs of oxen and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I just got married, so I can't come. Father, I just pray that you would help me to communicate that message. That, Lord, that you spoke to my heart to speak to your people today. I pray that, Lord, that you'd help me to Declare that message, and that, Lord, by your Holy Spirit, that, Lord, you'd make that message alive into every heart and every life. Lord, that's in this building, and, Lord, in every life that is watching us online, that, Lord, we might all know that we are invited to a banking table. We are invited to a feast. And I just pray you'd bless this word in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this morning I want to share with you about an invitation to a feast. See, in the Bible, it talks about at the end times that there's going to be a feast, that when Jesus comes, there's going to be this banquet that he holds to have all the Christian people to gather together, and they're going to have a great, great banquet. And that banquet is going to be taking place in heaven. But Jesus always has a table prepared for all of us that he welcomes us to come and to feast on, really at any time. And there's an invitation that God gives to us to attend such a feast, to attend, to come to a table that has been prepared by God for our nourishment and, of course, for our salvation as well. It's a table where you're going to find everything that you need for life and everything that you need for eternity. It's a table that's well supplied. It's full of food of every kind that will satisfy your hunger and give you the strength 
to face life right up to eternity. It's a table, of course, that foreshadows the great wedding banquet of the book of Revelations where Jesus dines with his bride, the church. Now to experience all of this, Jesus simply gives an invitation to come. He says, come. The invitation is given to all, and we just need to respond and come. We see that in Matthew 22, 4. He said, so he sent out servants to tell them, the feast has been prepared. The bulls and fatted cattle have been killed, and everything is ready. Come to the banquet. Luke 14, verse 17. The story is kind of repeated again, just in a different way. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready. And I believe that Jesus wants to remind us today that he is a banquet. He is a feast that's all prepared for you and I. And he's giving us a fresh call, a fresh invitation to experience his salvation, to experience his love, to experience his peace and his strength, or to experience whatever we might need. It was kind of funny this week. I was thinking of a, uh, an old, old chorus that we used to sing with actions. I know I could get Maxine up here, and she could probably remember them. Uh, I went to his banqueting table, and his banner over me is love. Do you remember that? Yeah, I see some of the others out there. You remember that little song? And, you know, that was really going through my head quite a bit this week. And, you know, and that's one of the things you'll find at that banquet. He'll cover you with his love. So that's a wonderful thing. He wants to remind us of that. He wants us to feast at his table where we can fellowship with him and find everything that we need for life and also for eternity. See, God desires to satisfy us with good things. He has good things in store for us. He has bountiful things. He's got a bountiful supply that will meet every need of your life. You just need to come just need to come. I was thinking of, uh, in the summertime, uh, of harvest of Saskatoons. I uh, remember the Walchucks farm and also my uh, father-in-law's farm where they have Saskatoon and the Hutterites used to come out and the ladies used to pick. And uh, one of the songs that they would often sing, especially if you got rid of the boss and got him out of the picture, you could get them to sing for you. And one of the songs that they'd sing was, Come and Dine, The Master Calleth. Come and dine. He, he's got a table prepared for you. And he's asking you, just come and dine. And that's what Jesus is doing. He's telling us, listen, I got a table prepared for you. It's all set up. All you need to do is come and dine. Come and receive that fellowship. Come and receive that which he has for you because he desires to give you so much and so much more. But with any invitation, there needs to be a response. Uh, you need to personally respond to the invitation to come to the feast before you can really partake of it. You have to come. And that's where the problem begins. So I want to talk about that just for a little bit, the problem. You know, since the creation of the world, God has been sending invitations to the whosoevers that they would come to him and find salvation. And there's been many people throughout the ages that have responded and they're eating at that table. But there's also many people that have not responded and are not eating at that table. Sometimes, even over time, people that have received an invitation to Christ, they've come, but they didn't stay at the table. They left the table. And other things began to take priority in their lives, and 
soon without maybe not really planning it, they just found themselves that they weren't at the table anymore. They weren't eating at that table. They weren't in fellowship with God like they used to be. God kind of got the back seat. And sometimes that can happen if we're not careful that God becomes less and less and things of life become more and more and fill up our lives. And that's a danger and a temptation that we all face. You know, as you read this story of this invite to the, the people to come to this banquet, they're kind of interesting as you see some responses, you see some excuses. And as you look at that, sometimes we can see ourselves in those same excuses. Matthew 22, 5 and 6, it says, But the guests he invited ignored them, and they went their own way. One to his farm, another to his business, and others seized his messengers, insulted them, and killed them. Then the similar story in Luke chapter 14, 18, it says, But they began to make excuses. One said, I just bought a field and must inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five pairs of oxen. I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I just got married, so I can't come. And as you look at those excuses, they're, they're really kind of normal activities of life. They weren't, not, they weren't really evil things, except for the, the part in Matthew's account where it talks about them turning against God, insulting God, and wanting to murder. But all the other ones were just kind of common, normal activities that all of us get caught up into in life. And, you know, and sometimes that's something where we need to be careful because we can end up rejecting Christ, not intentionally, but just because we get swayed by going and pursuing other things in life. Those God experiences, those times of fellowship with God can grow cold and get caught up in those other things of life where we don't have time for God anymore. We kind of get busy with life. And so when God gives those invitations, we're really not even listening. We don't even hear them because we just get wrapped up in life. As you look at these reasons that Scripture give us, they really are common problems. Uh, Matthew's account talks about one area, we want to do our own thing, want to go our own way. And that's so very, very true of us, that as human beings, we like to do what we want to do. Uh, don't tell me what to do. We just went through COVID, and we saw the huge reaction in our world, and they're still dealing with that, because we don't like being told what to do. Well, you know what? That comes in with God sometimes, too. We don't like God telling us what to do either. We like to do our own thing. We like to do those things that please ourselves. For others here in this text, they were occupied uh, doing work, making a living. Nothing wrong with that. It says one went back to his farm to work, another went back to his business to work. But, you know, sometimes we can get so caught up in our work that we don't have time for God. We don't have time for family. We don't have time for relationships. We don't have time for others. But, you know, usually God is the one that suffers first in that area. Then Matthew's account refers to another smaller group, a response for people kind of respond with attitudes that show that they've already walked away from God. They insult God. They uh, obviously have criticalness, that, and that can get so bad that they can even ponder murder. And some people do go there. 
Then as we go to Luke's account, we see similar responses with the difference being that these people feel that they have legitimate excuses. And of course, we all think that as well. We think that any excuse where we're not at that table that God has prepared for us is a legitimate excuse. He says, I bought a field. I want to inspect it. I want to see the property. Sounds like a normal thing. The other said, I just brought some oxen and I want to make sure they, they work like the guy advertised. You know, it's like you bought a new car. Like let's say you bought out the Hellcat Red Eye and you wanted to try out what 800 horsepower can do in a car. Sounds like a normal thing you maybe want to excuse yourself for. Good one here. I just got married. We're on our honeymoon. I can't come to your banquet. And see, we, these are all legitimate excuses that we can make up or that we feel are legitimate. And we convince ourselves that, you know, we have these legitimate excuses for not responding to the invitation. And we think, you know, God will understand. It's okay. God will understand. But what Jesus is trying to get across to us here is that, no, he won't. No, he won't, because there's no excuse that is acceptable when it comes to an invitation that comes from God himself. When he wants to meet with us, when he wants to talk with us, there's no excuse that's accepted to excuse us from being there. And that's something Jesus really makes plain there. You know, I, I think of the passage of scriptures that when you read the book of Revelations and you start you know, you get, get chapter one, two, three, and you start hearing these messages where Jesus is speaking to the church. And it's interesting, he says, look, I'm standing at the door here. I, I'm knocking, I want to have a meal with you, but you as churches, you're, you're not listening. You're, you're not coming to this table that I prepared for you. You just keep ignoring it. And I'm here today to speak to you to say, you need to pay attention to the invitation. Because it's an invitation to everyone to come and have a meal with him as friends. And I believe that Jesus is doing exactly that to us today. He is knocking. He's trying to get our attention because he's telling us, I have a feast for you. Don't let anything get in the way that will hinder you from responding to that invitation. Because it can affect your whole eternity. When the invitation comes... We need to be ready. We need to be ready to say yes. That's the proper response. When Jesus says come, we need to say yes, I'm coming, Lord. I'm on my way, Lord. You know, that's a message that Jesus gives us even as we come into the end times. And Jesus says when you start seeing these events start taking place, he says be ready. Look up. Be ready. Be ready to respond. Because there's no excuse or response that's going to be accepted. You're either ready or you're not. You're either coming or you're not. And so we need to be careful what we allow in our life, good or bad, that will distract us from our relationship with God and our preparedness to respond to his invitation. Now, maybe a question that we should look at is, well, how do we prepare for God's invitations? How do we put ourselves in that place to receive them? Well, one of the things that we need to do, obviously, as you read these stories, is that 
We need to be careful that we give God proper time and priority in our lives. There's that battle that we all face every day of our lives to give Jesus time and place in our lives. We need to continue to spend those times in prayer, those times in his words, seeking him, serving him, living for him, being in places where you know, we can worship the Lord together in a church or gatherings, prayer meetings, whatever they might be. But we really do need to invest in that spiritual walk with God so that we can be ready to be at that place to receive and have fellowship with God our Savior. See, Jesus is calling. Are we hearing his voice? Are we seeing the table that has been prepared for us? Are we coming to that place of fellowship and intimacy with God where he will feed us with everything that we need? Now, I share these stories because this week was a kind of a special week. I had this dream that God gave me. I woke up with this dream on a Wednesday morning, and I spent the whole time just mulling over that dream uh, here at the church. But it was a, a dream about an invitation to a feast, to a table that is prepared for us. And in this dream, I was with you. I was walking with you and we're all out there amongst, uh, obviously there was other people there, but we're all walking in the midst, you know, into our lives and all those kinds of things. And we're all out there and we're all busy doing various things. Some of us were out there hunting. Others were enjoying, you know, the various sports that are out there. Others were enjoying, you know, outdoor activities and, you know, hiking and fishing and boating, quadding. Others were busy in their homes. Others were busy at work. Others were caught up with COVID and politics. Yes, saw that there too. But you know what? All of us were busy. And we were going about different things in life and we were going all over the place. And I guess what that dream was trying to show us is that we as the people of the church, we are busy. And we're busy with living life and it can be easy to be caught up in all the things that life brings, whether it's good or bad. The problem is we're often occupied by life. See, the problem came in this dream where we're all out there doing various things, that there was a banqueting table that had been prepared, a feast that had been prepared for us. And it was rather interesting because as we're all walking, I could see that it was kind of on a lifted place, just like it is here on our pulpit. There was a table that was all prepared for us. But what was sad to see is that we were all so busy and we were so occupied with life that we didn't even see it. We didn't even realize that the table's been prepared for us, that we just need to go to the table, that all these problems and difficulties and things that we're facing, we're really facing them alone because we haven't bothered to go to the table. We don't even see it. We don't even realize that it's up there. Now, I really hope here this morning that when you came to church that you noticed that. If you hadn't noticed that this morning, we'll pray for you afterwards there because obviously you were occupied. But anyway, as we had that dream, I hear the words, don't you see the table? Don't you see the feast I prepared for you? I hear those words and I realize that no, we're not. We're not seeing the table. We're not seeing the feast that God has for us. We're not taking advantage of that. We're just continuing on with 
life and we're all over the place. And I heard the Lord say, I want you to come and feast at my table that I've prepared for you and, and not to get so wrapped up in life that you miss the fact that I have something better for you. And friends, we need to realize that God always has something better for you and I. And that dream, that table was all prepared. It was a big one, enough room and food for all of us and it was kind of on an elevated area. And again, I just sense that God saying, I have something far better to offer you than what you're doing, than what you're spending your time on and what you think is good and fun and enjoyable. I have something better than all of that. And if you'll come and feast at my table, I will take you to a higher place and show you things that you do not know and give you a perspective you do not see. And then suddenly in that dream, I'm in this higher place. The only thing I could describe it as maybe being similar to being on a very high tower, maybe like a fire tower that reaches beyond the trees and is higher than anything else and you can see for, for miles and look down. And God was giving me a different perspective. He was showing me, first of all, where I could find rest, but he was also showing me the things that were really going on around me in our world because I wasn't always seeing them. It was a place of peace up there, rest, safety, but a place to get his perspective. And that's what he was really wanting for me. Get a better perspective. It's a higher place that he's bringing me to. And as I looked over the edge, I can remember, uh, I, can, I can do pretty good on heights except for if I get near the edge. If I get near the edge, I, I start to get real dizzy. So I can't handle the edge. And that was how high it was. It was really high up there. But I marveled that, man, I can see a whole bunch of different things. And again, I see people from our church in the midst of the trees, like a forest there. But now, instead of us just walking around, I'm seeing some of the problems that we're, we're facing. I saw this member that was upset with another member, and I was kind of shocked. I think, I've never seen that person ever angry in my whole life. What's going on? And I, I see that member, he's looking in, 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 the, in that forest area, and I don't see anything. But I hear the Lord say, keep watching, keep observing. I'm going to show you some things. And then suddenly another person came out from hiding. And I realized that person was obviously seeing that person that was doing something in hiding behind the scenes that nobody else saw, but they saw. And they were upset with that person for whatever they were doing. While that's happening... People are still going about their daily routines, still busying themselves with activities of life, going here, going there. No one else seems to be noticing. And as I look to the other side, I see people from the church that are struggling with life in all kinds of different areas. Some are weary. Some are worn out. Some are struggling with mental health issues. Some are struggling with other pressures of life that has really gotten to, to look to alcohol or look to drugs. I look down some more and I see people struggling and dealing with grief and loneliness, hurts, fences, gossip, criticism, all kinds of things. Whatever's out there, you can kind of put it down. And so I leave that tower. I go back down. This time I have to go down a ladder. It's not instantly up there until I'm back with everybody again. And everybody's still going about their business, going about their lives, best they can, obviously struggling, 
sometimes totally unaware of their struggle or their busyness that is keeping them away from coming to God's table. Lots of discussions are going on, and I, I try to get involved in those discussions as well. But only a few are taking advantage still of feasting at God's table. And again, I hear those words of an invitation, don't you see my table? You need to leave all the noise and all the activity and come to my table. There's a feast for all who will accept and respond to the invitation. Come to the table that I prepared for you, and I will take you to higher heights where you'll see more clearly and where you'll find rest, because that's where you're supposed to be. I was kind of reminded that I heard that call before, and it was during COVID. There were all these conversations about, you know, COVID, our rights, our freedoms, and you know, the rights to have churches and all those kinds of things. And I was invited by all kinds of uh, churches, community groups. Uh, some of them were uh, locally, some were provincially, some of them were federally or nationally. And uh, I thought I had some good insights that I could probably bring to those discussions. And yet I, I just felt this tug in my heart where God says, no, no, you're not to do any of those. I've called you here. I've called you to look after this congregation. I want you to focus on them. I want you to focus on what God is doing here. And so I remember that where God was talking about, I want you here. I don't want you doing all these other things that can take your time. You need to be here with me. And I realized that, you know, that disappointed some other of my other religious leaders and even some of you as well. But that's what God was saying to me, that, no, you're not to go there. And so, you know, sometimes I had a hard time to do that because you do want to get involved in sometimes those conversations. But yet God just said, no, I want you to come here. And as that dream continues, I realized that the distractions that were affecting everyone around me were also affecting me too. And that I needed to focus afresh to come to that call to his table and feast on what he has for me. And as I would do that, the God would take me to higher places where he was wanting me to go and where he desires each one of us to go. So I go back to that ladder to go higher. And I ask the person with me, do you want to join me? But they don't want to go. I immediately responded to them that this invitation, my friend, is from God. It's not just from me. And don't allow opinions or disappointments or busyness, people, or even pastors keep you from what God has called you. Because it's God's calling and you need to respond to him. He's the one giving the invitation. It comes from him himself. And God is wanting you to respond, to come and have fellowship with him in a friendly meal. And as you do, he will take you higher. He will take you to greater places of intimacy and healing and comfort and strength and so much more. I found it interesting. As I have, I'm having this dream, and in the midst of that dream, I'm, I'm realizing, you know, God's not mad. God's not upset with us. And, you know, as they see all these things, obviously we're all doing things that God's not really pleased with, that we're occupied with things that maybe are okay to do, but it's not what God wants us to do. But I felt no condemnation, absolutely zero condemnation. Instead, there was this constant invitation to come. Come. Come to his table. 
Come to this table that you might go higher. And I believe that God is wanting us to go higher to better places. And friends, that's what true grace really is. That God responds. He doesn't treat us as our sins would deserve. But he continues to call out and says, come. Doesn't matter what has taken place in the past. Doesn't matter. You know, I know our hurts, our pains, and all those things are very, very real in our lives. And it doesn't take much, you know, a something, a person says something, a word, and they can bring us right back into those memories. And God saying, I want you to leave all that behind and come. Respond to the invitation. There's a feast for you. It's a feast for you. It's kind of like a time-sensitive offer that we need to quickly respond to, that we need to put the past behind us with our grievances our, and all those pursuits that we've been doing and just come to his table. Because in that table, there's forgiveness, there's grace, there's healing, there's new beginnings for us. He'll take us to higher heights where we'll experience more of God than we've ever experienced before. We just need to heed the invitation. Just like in this dream and in these stories from the Bible. And so as I thought about this dream, I know this dream was as much for me as it was for you. Because we're all in the dream. And I was hearing God say, don't get distracted by all the things around you. Even church things can sometimes are good things, but they can distract you from that place of intimacy, that place of fellowship, that place where you know, we, we receive from God. You need to focus on me. You need to keep your eyes on me. Come to my table. There's provision there. There's food for your soul. There's help for you in your time of need. There's peace in the midst of your trouble. There's encouragement in your weariness. There's wonderful joy and contentment. There's strength. There's healing. There's gifts to help you succeed and blessings that will surprise you more than you can imagine. Whatever you need, it's at his table. He says, I have a feast waiting for you. And as you feast, I will take you higher. More love, more power, more of God in your life. Greater understanding, greater wisdom, greater anointing, insight to what is happening around you. I will seat you in a place where you'll no longer be distracted or succumb to the assignments of the enemy. I believe Jesus is saying to me and he's saying to you today, I have a table prepared for you. Don't you see it? Don't you see it? See, God wants us to open up our eyes to see how distracted we have become by all the events of life and get back to his business and his kingdom. And time is getting short. Soon there's going to be another call, one that will be a mighty shout with the sound of the archangel giving a shout and the trumpet call of God and the Lord will return. But for now, God is saying, come to my table. Have fellowship with me. I have a feast ready for you that will minister to you and take care of every need that you have and fill you to overflowing because I have a feast at my table. I will take you to higher heights. There's higher ground that God wants us to go to. And he's saying, just come. He'll take us there. He'll take us there. He wants to minister to us. He wants to help us. He wants to make himself real to us. He wants to encounter us. He wants to take us to those higher heavenly places and heavenly experiences, giving us new insight. And it's an invitation from God himself. It's not an invitation from me. It's an invitation from him. I'm just a messenger. The message comes from the king. 
You can reject the message. It does nothing for me. It's, it's him that you're rejecting that we need to realize. And, you know, as you read that story in the Bible, see, there's an importance about accepting the call. Because if you don't accept the call, listen, listen what it says, Luke chapter 14, 21, 23. The servant returned and told his master what they had said. His master was furious and said, go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. And after the servant had done this, he reported, there's still room for more. So his master said, go into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that my house will be full. See, there's a great harvest that is coming to our world where we're going to see many, many people respond to Jesus Christ. But Jesus is, first of all, speaking to you and I. And he's telling us as Christians, it's time to come. It's time to come and feast at my table that I've prepared for you. Everything that you need is right there at that table. And you need to leave the distractions of this world and all the things that we get caught up into this world and put it behind us and come and have fellowship with him and experience him in our lives. To focus on him once again. To seek him. Because otherwise the invitation starts going out to all the others. People that have never received Jesus. People that never knew nothing about Jesus. All of a sudden there's going to be an invitation. And many of them are going to welcome Jesus into their hearts and into their lives and they're going to come and his house will be full. So we need to take the invitation seriously when Jesus says, I have a table prepared for you. Do you see it? Do you see it? Do you realize that God has a table prepared for you? Do you see it? Or are you just so caught up with life and events that have happened and pains and hurts and life and all those things that are all very real, but they can take our focus away that he says, I got a meal, I got a table prepared for you. If you'll just come and begin to feast at my table and fellowship with me, I will take you to higher places, higher places than you've ever been before. And I believe that's what God wants to do with this church. He wants to take us to higher places than we've ever been before. But he's welcoming us to come, to come, to come to him. Reminds me of the passage of scripture where Jesus says in Matthew 11, 28 to 30, he says, come to me. All of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, I will give you rest. Remember I was telling you on top of that tower, there was a bed there. It's a place of rest. It says, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you. I want to speak into your life because I am humble and I'm ungentle at heart and you're going to find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and the burden I give you is light. That's his offer. Come. Come. It's an invitation. It's an invitation to have fellowship with God. It's an invitation to come and experience all that God has for you. To feast and all those things that God has for you that he, he might take you to a higher place greater spiritual insight, greater understanding, greater comfort and strength and love and joy and peace and contentment, new anointings, new power in your life. Those are all things that he wants to give us. He's not here to rebuke us. He's not here to say, oh, you, know, you haven't been to the best church out there. No, he's just saying, I want you to know that I'm calling you now. 
and I'm inviting you to come to the table. Do you see the table? He says, come, come. He's knocking at our door and saying, I want to come in. I want to have a meal with you. I want to do something great in this church. I want to do something great in this area, in this region. But you've got to respond. You need to come to my table. You need to put aside all the things of life that have distracted you or taken you away from where you should be with God and start afresh anew and say, I'm coming, Lord. I'm coming, Lord. I'm coming. Where you'll give us new eyes to see, new ears to hear, a new mind to understand. So I pray that you receive that today. I pray that that gives you understanding, that dream, because I really believe that is for all of us because we're, we're all there. I could have mentioned you by name as well. Very, very clear. Names of people. I could see it all right there before us. What he was asking was, do you see this? Do you see this table? Are you seeing what I prepared for you? Or are you seeing all the other things around you? Are you focusing on all those other things or are you going to focus on this table? I've got a table prepared for you. It's full, has everything that you need. I want you to come and have fellowship with me. I want you to come and experience me and I will take you to higher heights, to greater things, more contentment in your life than you've ever experienced before, more joy, more happiness, more of everything that is good as you would come to that table. So I pray that that speaks to your heart today. Father, I thank you for dreams and visions. I thank you that, Lord, that you love us so much that you'll speak to us at any time of the day whenever you can get our attention. Sometimes that's at night. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to me. Thank you, Lord, that despite sometimes my own busyness, sometimes despite even doing things in the church, I can get so busy, but I need to spend more time with you. And to have fellowship with you because that's the place that you called me to. That's the place you want me to go to. And that's the place that you want each one of us to go to. Lord, every one of us here has gone through things in life that have not been comfortable. Lord, things that have uh, hurt us, things that we've struggled with. And yet, Lord, you're just telling us, come as we are. Just as I am, I come. And Lord, that's just what you're saying. Just come. Come. I have a banquet prepared for you. I have a place that's prepared for you. And I have good things to give you. There's good things I want to pour into your life. There's things I want to say to you. There's things where I want to take you higher to give you a greater understanding, greater wisdom, greater anointing. But you need to come and give me place in your life and in your heart and in your time. And so, Lord, as we just come here tonight, today, Lord, we just say, forgive us, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, where we've just allowed life to take too much of our time. We've taken, Lord, the things that are happening around us to be legitimate excuses when there is no excuse that is acceptable to you. For when the king issues a decree, it's to be responded to. And so, Lord, I pray today that each ear will hear, each eye will see, each mind will understand that the Lord is calling us to come to the table 
that he has prepared for us. And that, Lord, we will all come. Because, Lord, I know that you have great things in store for us as a church, as a people, as a congregation, as a community, as a region, and even as a nation. And, Lord, with all the things that are happening on, in our world, yes, Lord, we're guilty of being distracted. When you're telling us, look, do you not see it? Do you not see that I have a table prepared for you? You've been too busy looking everywhere else. Come to my table. There you'll find rest. There you will find peace. There you will find love. There you will find joy. There you will find everything that you need. So God, help us to respond to that. Help us to come. Lord, if we need to recommit our lives to you, then we recommit our lives to you. And Lord, if we're here today and we've never, ever accepted Jesus into our life, then Lord, today's the best day. Then we just say, Jesus, I do believe in you. And I do want to come and experience that which you prepared for me. Because I'm tired of this life. I'm tired of all this stress and all these things, that disappointments and things that life has brought me. I want to come to your table. And I want to feast at that table. And so we just say, I'm coming, Lord. I'm coming. In Jesus' name.